Welcome into our special podcast on the top 50 of the tens. DNVR. I, I don't know how many other things Nailed I need it. to get there. Yeah. Uh, I'm Andre Simone. I do draft stuff around here. I'm joined by AJ Hayfley, our ads guru beat writer. He does lots of draft stuff too. Hey, AJ. What up, yo? And Drew Creaseman, our voice of the Rockies, essentially. That's how I think of you, Drew. I, I appreciate that. You Guru know. would have been a nice title for me to give. Yeah. That's fine. I like voice of the Rockies because it's a, it's a double entendre. Right? Because it's not only the baseball team, but it's also the mountain range. Oh, oh wow. Wow. See? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that feels like a lot more pressure. But your, okay. title, <laughs> take it. your title just got a lot better. Yeah, it did. Um, it got a lot taller. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and any beef you have, I undersold myself the most. So there True. you go. True. There you go. But anyway, oh, anyways, uh, first time podcasting, I guess. <laughs> Tripping <laughs> yeah. on chords. You knew it, this right? Yeah. We are doing two lists today. The one you are listening to right now is the best draft pod uh, <laughs> draft picks of this decade in Denver sports, with it being draft. We obviously focused on the four major teams because that really doesn't apply to college. And I'm not sure the Rapids or Mammoth had anyone worth putting in this conversation. I mean, they would have. Adam Jones would have been on there, but they traded him. Well, they traded him for Zach Greer, who turned around and retired. So great call. Great, great draft (laughs) trade. Stay tuned for for that pod coming at you fast. Uh, I'm still mad about it. One, one through ten, or should we start at ten and then work our we way? Start up? with honorable mentions. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. these are the guys that were just off the list, and it's an interesting list. This is where it gets fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, this is where we all kind of went a little crazy, and we're just like, oh, now we're just naming people. Pretty much, yeah. We just wanted our bases covered. Yeah, I've got guys like Eric Decker. Uh, yeah, who's an okay? Pick. I mean, nice he pick. was a third round pick, and right. You know, Good they value got, out of them. Yeah, it. they got a starting wide receiver out of them. I've got Nurkic on mine. Honorable uh, mentions again. Yeah. Just Nurkic, Nurkic on mine as well. You know, mid-first-round pick and turned, you know, it was more of a victim of, of his era. Right. And is still successful out up in Portland. It was just that he couldn't play next to Jokic. And when you were trying to decide which one of the two that we keep, it was an obvious call. Yeah. Brock Oswald and Tim Tebow made my honorable mentions as well. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> no. I mean, the Tebow. There is. There's are lo- much larger conversations that will be had <laughs> in the coming weeks about. Is that why you put Tebow in all caps? I did. I. <laughs> but. But also not on my list, right? Because it's just like you. Because that's how you say it. It's not Tim Tebow. It's Tebow. Right. Right. That he. It's actually Tim Tebow. Right. Nobody ever just calls him Tebow. It's <laughs> Tim, Tim Tebow. Um. Look, man, the, it, it was what it was. There's a you, it, he could be on both lists. I think best draft picks and worst draft picks. He's Fair probably enough. the one guy who could probably exist in that category. Because no, they didn't get the value out of him that you would normally get out of that pick. But right, they he, also traded up for him, and he was also the story of Denver sports for the whole thing. And everybody knows that we'll get right. all into and that. If not at some for point, that run, you could argue Manning never comes. Right. Right. There's a whole so like, like alternate universe. Right. What if that's, that gets real, real depressing. 
so without, like right. without the success that they did have half a season him. is a terrible return for a first round pick who was out of the league the second they let him go and again and yet, one that they traded you know, up for it wasn't yeah. like a first round no, pick true. that they earned by right. winning or losing games they moved up <laughs> right. and traded like a, a bundle of picks to get that thing for a guy who plays for the Mets now yeah right triple a i was gonna say not yeah. even the not, mets yeah. the right. baby mets right. the fake mets then it starts to get a little more interesting we've got some rockies pitchers in there the obvious ones may be less interesting than the one you snuck into your top 10 drew yeah you know i think if kyle freeland wasn't coming off this horrible terrible god-awful year he would have made all three of our lists mm-hmm. which, he, he would have had a chance the, the being at the end of the decade hurt him there but right. certainly being a successful rockies pitcher right. would have would have made him more valuable because those aren't words that people t- tend to say together right fourth in cy young voting i mean right that's that's crazy and and he probably should have come in second or third mm-hmm. and so yeah uh, ahead of nola def- definitely yeah. And I also, you know, it, he was same draft class too. Decent, right? Right. Um, where in, are you at, Jeff Hoffman? <laughs> what's going on, Hoff? Uh, Hoff. Hanging around. <laughs> didn't make, didn't make either of these lists, Hoffman. Luckily, well, he not drafted, drafted by, by the yeah. Rockies, so <laughs> yeah. not a conversation we have to have. Exactly. Uh, but for Freeland, you know, it's uh, like I think people forget that he was also pretty good in seventeen when they made that run too. Like. Uh, but yeah, it's just if he had had one more really good year, we'd be talking yeah. about this guy as the guy who was completely changing the narrative around Colorado pitching. Um, obviously, he's he's going to get certain bumps from being a Colorado Denver native, and, and that's going to happen. But yeah, I think we all agree. Just rough timing for you, kid. Maybe next year's or next decade's list maybe be on the lookout. Hopefully for Kyle Freeman. And yeah, similar I mean, circumstances with John Gray, right? Like. Up and down career, I think he deserves to be an honorable mention. With the fact that he was the third overall pick, though, I mean, we had him on two of our lists. Well, yeah, the <laughs> he would be our tenth guy right now. I think he's right around there at tenth. Uh, so maybe we can get back to the gray conversation. Uh, do a couple yeah, other yeah, honorable mentions, so. but but I think there's a stronger case there. We'll get into why that is. The other Rockies pitcher, so we can jump into the other sports after this, that I really wanted to mention was Scott Oberg. That's, which is fair enough. Dude, and and 15th round pick. That's actually a great name to add. Him. I right. mean, for a 15th round pick to make the majors. Right. Like It doesn't even matter if he's good or not. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, um, well, we just saw the same thing. Sam Hilliard was also a 15th round pick. Now he's yeah. only played in 12 baseball games or whatever it is, right? But yeah. Scott Oberg... Uh, emerges a very important member of the relief corps even before taking over as the closer now. Uh, he, he's been really fantastic th- for the last three years despite some ups and downs. You can't give him a ton of credit because before that he wasn't around and he's he just hasn't accomplished a ton yet. But, hey, he, he closed out their most memorable game of the decade. Of the decade. The most important one, not only that, he struck out the final four Cubs in that wild card game to get that done and... Uh, he came from, like you said, the 15th round. Hundreds and hundreds of people were taken before this guy who is now a closer in Major League Baseball. Yeah, that's a, definitely that's fair. Actually, to make him a an honorable sneaky mention. honorable mention right there. Yeah. I, no. Again, timing, I think, probably hurt him a little bit. Yeah. Well, and the fact that like a year ago he was in the minors. Right. Right. And so it was like, yes, he's coming off a very positive season, but. We weren't hurting so badly for good draft picks across all four sports right. exactly. that, that we had to force that one in there. Right. 
Um, if we had to, we probably could have just made this a Nuggets list because of what an amazing job they did across the decade. Right. Where yeah. we were going through their drafts and it was like they only blew like two picks in the entire decade. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Quite so. different from the Broncos, who have a couple honorable mentions towards the end of the list, and Malik Jackson and Derek Wolf. Yeah. And, you know, Malik Jackson, I think, is a really good, um, you know, Derek Wolf was like their first pick that year. Yep. They traded right. down a couple of times out of the first and picked him up, and he's had a nice, decent oh, career. Absolutely. And, I mean, if you could get his career out of second rounders at whatever position it was, you would take that every time. 100%. Even with the injury issues, yeah. you would take that because it's been a long-time productive player for them. And, yeah. you know, Malik obviously was a key to their Super Bowl team and scored in the, scored in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and, I mean, he was huge in that playoff run. Um, and the Broncos a bit underrepresented in this list because some of their best additions – through the scouting department are undrafted guys like Philip Lindsay and Chris Harris Jr. And we did not we right. point out we did they not put factor. those guys on the list because they weren't drafted. Like these are guys that they that were at, whose names were actually called. And timing, we've talked about timing quite a bit. Probably the the biggest omission from this or any future lists is going to be Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, I know. Yeah. We we were we all just were like he's only played again what oh, 20 yeah. games or something, right. but yeah. tell me he's not better or going to be better or as good as almost anybody on this list like right, it, right. it's ridiculous yeah and we can't yeah. do the like next decade he can't be included because he will right. wouldn't he have a, been drafted he was a 2017 draft mm -hmm. pick so. so he'll forever not be able to be factored in in this now he's on a record pace but again he's, yeah we, he's we felt it was only fair to make him an honorable mention just because all the guys in front of him have accomplished very tangible things in their careers, whereas McCarr just has 25 games played, and it's like, it's an, it's a, it's, he's off to an amazing start. It was just a little too soon. Yeah. Yep. So I think that does it for the honorable mentions. We can start getting into the bottom of our list where we differ a little more. Our our top six is almost a consensus. I mean, um, really, I would say our top eight. Really. Top eight, yep. Yeah. Right, aside from, you know. Minor differences, right. but I think at 10 we do have Gray here because he's mm. he's the guy that we have on. That's the majority consensus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, Gray as a top five pick, I think one of the reasons that he's as low as he is is because he was a top five pick. There was literally if, if he was drafted nothing, 22nd or something, right. like he's way up there. This was as no-brainer of a no-brainer pick as you get. There was a clear yeah. top three yep. that yeah. year. Mark Appel, how are you doing? Uh, yeah. And the Rockies had the third. It was it was a two-man draft for the Rockies. You knew Appel was going one. It was right. like it's either going to be who drops between Bryant and Gray. Exactly. And that was the only pick to take. Uh, I do always wonder what, what happens. How is history different if these if they mm – -hmm. The Cubs make a different decision. Yeah. I will say for me, yeah. there there's no way I would want to go back and redo that, despite the fact that Chris Bryant is widely considered one of the best players in baseball, has I been mean, an MVP, Chris, multiple time All Star. Chris Bryant and uh, Nolan Arenado. <laughs> let's not let's not on do the that today. With Let, uh, with Story at shortstop. I, I mean, know. come on, man. Like it's would that, not be terrible. Jim. No, the, that team would absolutely have raked. And then DJ LeMahieu had second. I'm just I'm just like oh not yeah. Only not only would they have hit like crazy, but 
all of those players are very good defensively. Right. Yeah. Well, Bryant's all right, but you can also move them around just so but the flexibility. You throw them at first right. field or first base. Right, corner outfield or first base. Yeah, absolutely. But who's eating up those starts? So like, how many pitch. innings has Gray had? Right. right. No, just keep just keep Jorge De La Rosa. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Right. right. Like, how much more Jorge or Tyler Anderson <laughs> or Senzo <laughs> or right. I mean, yeah. in, the in, list goes on and on. Would you have seen? Let's have a matic up too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. because I always look at I oh, talk about this a lot on the Rockies podcast, like the differentiating factors, because when a team is bad in baseball, there are always bad players on every baseball team. So yeah. when a team is bad, people always want to point at the worst players. But a lot of those guys, for example, Jake McGee, Ian Desmond, the names, you know, they were on the team when the team was good yeah. as well. And then there are some really great players, Charlie Blackman, Nolan Arenado, position players uh, who were on the team when the team was bad. So what were the differentiating factors? To me, the two biggest differentiating factors between the Rockies going to the postseason in 17 and 18 and not in all the years before it and in 19, John Gray and Kyle Freeland. Herman Marquez, obviously, as well. But, I mean, it's been those guys. So that's why I wouldn't go back and undo that move. John Gray, if he has uh, his average strikeout season next year, about 185, he will move into second place on the Colorado Rockies all-time strikeout leaderboard. That's crazy. At 28 years old. He's behind Ubaldo right now? Jorge De La Rosa has got like 212 more than Ubaldo Jimenez. So he would catch Ubaldo Jimenez uh, by next season probably you don't think about it but he's basically putting up ubaldo type numbers yeah but ubaldo only did it for a very short concentrated period of time now gray obviously had as you mentioned earlier his big step back year last year where he just physically and mentally couldn't get himself right got sent down to the minors missed the postseason roster altogether he did still in my mind help that team get there oh without Uh, a doubt he did yeah but it, when you when you look at it through the context of guys who have tried to pitch for a long period of time for the Colorado Rockies, he's starting to become one of the only ones who's ever done anything like this. Uh, actually had stretches of dominance that have lasted over the courses of yeah. months and, and now seasons. And this last year was one of the most impressive I've ever seen out of a Rockies pitcher. He pitched like a 310 ERA at Coors Field. It was given up a 550 ERA with the juiced balls and all this stuff going on. After all the mental issues he had had before, I have never in my life of watching the Colorado Rockies baseball club seen a pitcher lose it and get it back. I've seen guys, you know, De La Rosa came from not having it and, and found it here, which was right. one of the weirdest things we've ever seen. Very backwards. Um, Can't you know, in Kansas City, but... Yeah, right. Ubaldo had it, lost like it. Anti-Jeremy Francis Guthrie. Cook. <laughs> right. But John Gray is the only guy I've seen bounce back from getting beat down by Coors Field. And, uh, yeah, I think when... You know, it's only going to take him probably two or three more years now where all the statistics are going to... People are going to be going, wait, is this guy really the best pitcher in Rockies history pretty comfortably? Right. Uh, what's funny about that is the one other guy who might be in that conversation is Herman Marquez, who the Rockies didn't draft, and so he's not in this conversation. But they, they have these guys right now. Yeah. And so it's a little bit of recency bias, and, and people, I think, are still struggling with the fact that he's not that, that dude, that ace, that, yeah. that Chris Bryant-level talent, uh, without necessarily realizing that he has been more of an answer for what ails the Rockies on the mound, which is still the most important part of the game, than 
maybe anyone in their history outside of Ubaldo Jimenez. Pretty strong case to be made there over guys like Malik Jackson or Derek Wolf, who I had slightly above. Yeah, him. I think Dahl is our consensus ninth best. Yeah, yeah. Former top ten pick, another high pick for the Rockies. Was he ten? I believe so. I, I believe nine. on the money was tenth. Okay. But anyway, no, he was right in at that the range. end. I'm going off of memory right I thought, now. I thought he was. I thought there was a chance he might have been eleven. But I mean, we're it, not the point. Really, injury is the only thing holding him back. Because when he's healthy, he's been as advertised. He's been an all star. Was literally an all star. Yeah. Truly. I so mean, there's there's not much to argue about well, it. If he was in, if he was healthier for a longer period of time, this would be a different conversation. You'd start to pair him with guys like Jamal Murray and start to be like, mm, who's better, Jamal or you know, yeah. both former top ten picks, both big expectations. You know, that'd be an interesting conversation to be had. Yeah, yeah, and Dahl may make it interesting over time, mm -hmm. uh, but he's got to—I mean, he's got to stay healthy. Well, positional value comes into play too. Having an all-star center fielder who can hit for power and average—not bad, man. Yeah, those guys don't just grow on trees. Yeah. Although they apparently do, because the Rockies well, had them in back-to-back -back years. <laughs> but they, yeah, they've been good at that. They—they figured that out more than any of the other yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of other things they need more than yeah, can we get and grow good left-handed outfielders <laughs> pretty good there but i mean and the way that david came on to the big stage too he had a 17 game hit streak out of the gate there was no real oh, most guys in baseball we've seen it with mcmahon mm -hmm. with rogers with other kind of high draft picks sure. there's that learning curve man well, there's there's the even story started off on Absolutely. fire then came regressed to the mean year but yeah, yeah. doll has been as advertised every day of his life if he's healthy right it's crazy watching him take bp watching him go up against these like top level arms there's no difference he is the hitter <laughs> he is all the time i crazy. love pitchers trying to slip that high fastball by him to love strike it. him out and i'm because i'm oh, just like yeah. he he's gonna get the batter round on you like, dude, I'm sorry, dude. It's gonna happen. The first the most thing's memorable. gonna end yeah. up in the second deck. Like, Matt Harvey made his debut for the Cincinnati Reds after leaving the the Mets, and he came out and he tried to sneak a high fastball by David Dahl in the first inning, and Dahl put it in the third deck right, down the yeah. right field, and it was just like. If he's going to catch up to that pitch, because that's the pitch in modern baseball you use to beat these guys. That's right. Cody Bellinger's nightmare. And David Dahl took it out with a contact swing, and he was choked up on the bat. Yeah. And I just was like, like Andre said, can you please stay on the field? No kidding. Yeah. Just, yeah. it's magical to watch him play. We got to keep this moving. I think Murray is just slightly our consensus eighth. Yeah. yeah. The debate here. More so than Dahl Murray was really Landy Murray. Yeah, and I think I think spot. I think the longevity and uh, the just the emotional importance to the team separated it for me uh, because you know Jamal Murray is a, a bright young player, yeah, and has that very rare ability to just win a game when he's at his best. And there's very few NBA players that have that in them. And I think that's why we're all as high on Murray. And hey, seventh overall, uh, which is as high as the Nuggets picked all decade, and yeah. they got they got that one right. Yep, nailed the pick. It was between him and Buddy Heald, and yeah. I am grateful the Kings took Buddy. <laughs> no, it wasn't the Kings back then. It was Who, the Pelicans. The Pelicans drafted yeah. Buddy Heald because two intriguing shooters. Now you are the only one of the three of us who actually had Murray ahead of Landy. Yeah, I I just think that the upside, all-star upside. Gotcha. 
Um, well, and Landy, of course, second overall pick. We forgot that. Sometimes. Right, and and Landy was the second overall, and I was critical at the time of the pick. Yeah, because he became exactly what I was afra- yeah. afraid he would become. Yeah. And with the second overall pick, mm-hmm. you want, you know, and we've seen he was he was NHL ready, and he was captain material, mm-hmm. and the Avs got their money's worth out of both of those things. But the upside just isn't quite as high. You know, we saw a v- by far the best performance we've ever seen out of Landis Scott last season. But we won't. We, we likely will not see something like that again. And uh, to be honest, like he's just like a sixty-five point guy, right? Which is a very good second-line player in right. this version of the NHL with the with the scoring being what it is. And we're starting to see, uh, you know, the guys drafted behind him are starting to show out a little bit more and have bigger years mm-hmm. and kind of make my fear come true of yep. not as high of upside, but very consistent and a great face of a franchise, a great captain, a great emotional leader of the team, uh, a, just a, a very high-quality human being and a great pick. But the big thing with Murray is that I think Murray could be. There's a thing we're watching it now. He could right? be Damian Lillard, you right. know. He yeah. could be. He could go on to be one of the five best guards in all of basketball. Right. And really, outside of last season, you could never make a legitimate argument that Landis Cog has ever been top five left wing in in the NHL. Right, or even one of the two best players on his own line i mean honestly right. most of most of his career you would say that he's never been the best player on his line yeah. uh, always playing you know either next to a stasny or a duchene then a mckinnon and a rantanen you know he has never really been like the man yep. on his line 100 percent. yeah with the second overall pick interesting that the bottom half of our top 10 it's a lot of really high picks. It's the third overall in Gray. It's 10th overall in Dahl. It's 7th overall in Murray. And 2nd overall in Landy. Because we're going, hey, way to go. Yeah, <laughs> Right. Yeah, you, like, you, you nailed got... the ones that you had. Right. And they might not be super-duper stars, like the top of our top 10. Right. But they took care of business. Our consensus sixth guy is Miko Rantanen. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. True. And, and Miko, um, a big thing here, the 10th pick. And uh, uh, if you were to redraft the 2015 draft, he would probably go fourth or fifth. Yeah. Hell of a draft. But that yeah, speaks I was to say, geez. that <laughs> speaks to the 2015 draft, which is shaping up to be an all-time great. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a draft that legitimately reshaped the NHL. Mm-hmm. There are 15 All Stars that have come out of that draft. Yeah. That draft is insane. And timing plays into this. Had he had a few more years in this decade under his belt, Miko would be fighting for higher. Oh, on this without list. a doubt, and would have been, um, you know, would have been much higher on our top fifty, which he was in the first wave of them released today. Um, it was just a longevity argument with him, but yeah. what he's done so far is incredible. Um, he, were it not for Nathan McKinnon, he would be the unquestioned superstar of the avalanche and you know those of us who are around the abs we we refer to him a lot as baby yager because he uh he plays a very very similar game to yarmir yager who's the second highest scorer in nhl history yeah you know that's good company the power game the hands the the way that he just 
moves people around with his butt. Right. It's all just very Yager. And he's he's, he's he's unbelievable. I mean, we see, we saw he doesn't play nothing in the preseason. Shows up on opening night and has three points. If we made this list funnest to watch, he he'd be competing for a top three. Spot. Definitely, right. yeah. definitely. Um, and and at the tenth pick, the history of the tenth pick in the NHL is very poor. Mm-hmm. Over the last twenty years, uh, Miko Rantanen is head like ten million miles ahead of the next closest guy on that list. Which and you know what the Avs got in Tyson Jost with the tenth pick is much more of what that pick has given teams just traditionally. Yeah, right. Whereas the Avs got a legitimate all-star in Miko and a guy that, to be honest with you, would be on a Hall of Fame track right now. Yeah, it's it's early, but when you know, he three years into his career, he has three twenty goal seasons and two eighty point years. Yeah, not bad. And he's a point per game player in the postseason. That's a Hall of Fame track. True. Yeah, now you've true. got to win in the postseason, and the because the NHL values that almost Absolutely. like no other league. Right. But Hall of Fame track, man. Like that's yeah. it's. It's very early in his career, 21 years old, but that's where he's headed. Can't say much more than that. We get into the top five. One of the more interesting debates, Demarius Thomas, arguably the greatest wide receiver in Broncos history, a late first rounder. Controversial at the time that the Broncos took him ahead of Des Bryant. Have the conversation with? Rod Smith. Rod Smith, okay. Mm -hmm. That's a longevity argument. I would agree. When you look at DT, his prime is actually condensed in five to six seasons, right? But, boy, those five to six. Woo. Well, I mean, that's the Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis made the Hall of Fame with that. Absolutely. So And so you and I had DT fourth ahead of Trevor Story, who you, Drew, have fourth. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, part of that was just is shortstop more important to the team than wide receiver? I don't know. Um, it, it's <laughs> Got to have good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have good ones. <laughs> and we were just kind of lo- – actually, before we came on here, I was looking at somebody else's – all-decade team, and uh, it was a rough year for shortstop – or decade, I'm sorry, for, for shortstop. Uh, they actually had Troy Tulowitzki as yeah. number one, right. and there is not a Rockies fan out there who would take Troy Tulowitzki over Trevor Story right now. Um, now, there's an interesting debate to be had there, but that's not the one we're having now. Uh, but to, to use one of your terms, AJ, that you were just saying with Miko, it's way early, but – this guy is starting to be on a Hall of Fame track. He's put up two consecutive five-war seasons. Uh, he obviously burst onto the scene and broke a ton of records. He would have been Rookie of the Year if he hadn't gotten hurt. Uh, he's arguably the best shortstop in Major League Baseball right now all around, and he's arguably a top-20 player in Major League Baseball. Uh, especially, I mean, he's certainly a top-20 position player. In Major League Baseball right now. If we're cutting out the pitchers, you got to. So it's the only thing is the longevity thing. Has he had enough time Mm -hmm. to work his way farther up the list? Uh, He was also drafted with the 45th overall pick in 2011. So a lot of people taken ahead of him. Um, And honestly, the power numbers. Yeah. Are really unparalleled in baseball history for a shortstop. So yeah, so when people say, "Well, what do you mean he's on the Hall of Fame? He's the fastest to 100 home runs as a shortstop, Uh, not the youngest because he debuted a little bit later, but the fastest. Uh, Yeah, his games played or in terms of, uh, I think both. Okay, and and yeah, his power numbers are off the charts, but he's also 
uh, now been nominated for a Gold Glove. He should have two mm-hmm. Gold Glove nominations uh, in his time already. He's one of the best base runners in the league that he does. The fastest guys. He's probably the true five tool second player. Second, oh, a yeah. true five tool true player. True five tool player. And that there's term's maybe thrown out so often. There are truly very few guys who fit that. Maybe mold. eight in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. right now who. And that's probably, you know, I'd have to look, think through a list, like Mookie yeah. Betts. Right. Off right. the top of my head, I said maybe 10. Yeah. I was thinking 10 was yeah. kind of like that. Well, area. like, for example, we all love Nolan. We'll get to Nolan in a little bit. Not a five-tooler because five he's missing that that speed tool, you right. know? Like, and sometimes your other tools are so great it doesn't matter. Right. But right. But it's still four too low. nothing four on a baseball diamond that Trevor Story can't do. Except not strikeout. His strikeout numbers are the one <laughs> thing that, uh, yeah, he, he could stand. There's definitely areas of improvement, but that's the other thing with Story. Not only do you have that he's already on this extraordinary track, but you've got the Jamal Murray thing where you're like, there's still more to be found here. He cuts yeah. down on those strikeouts a little bit. He's going to win a gold glove, uh, I, I, I think. Nick Ahmed's phenomenal and yeah. it's ridiculous, but Trevor's the better athlete if he puts together – a few other things mentally, gets some better chances, puts together a highlight reel. Some of that's going to be luck a little bit, too. Yeah. You know, you get some plays going your way. Uh, but the previous shortstop was also on a Hall of Fame track, so we got to be careful about yeah. that, too. He sort of fell yeah, off it real point. hard. But this is the guy. This is the best shortstop in Rockies history already. Right. Um, and, again, I think we're going to be uh, saying his name a lot for next right. decade's list. Yeah. Well, in 4DT, it's it's a longevity argument in a lot of ways. It's the fact that he's won a ring. He was on a record-breaking offense. You look at those offenses, there's no one who scared you more as an opposing defense than Demarius Thomas. Oh, and was the only guy who showed up in the, the Super Bowl that they got smoked in. Yeah, you fair know, point. You know, like I had set thought a record, about that. Second, right. Set a record in that yeah. game. Good point. Um, you know, I, I just think that... Won five seasons over a thousand yards. Well, and when you talk about Tim Tebow and Four the memorable moment that he created, yeah, who right. did he throw that ball to? Right. Yeah. He he threw that ball ten yards and watched Marius Thomas run seventy with it. Yeah. Well, and that's the type of freak that DT was. Right. Yep. And I mean, do you remember the the opening night uh, Peyton Manning seven touchdown game against the mm-hmm. Ravens? Of course. Throws that screen pass and Marius Thomas just outruns everybody. Right. And that and was, the guy a was lot six of foot that four. That was a lot of that offense. There was, was like, yeah, we're in rhythm, and Manning's right. just like directing like an orchestra. But guys like DT really made those quick throws turn into devastating big yeah. plays. I mean, it looked like a college offense because it was like, oh, we don't have to do these things. We just have better players. Absolutely. And Demarius Thomas, you know, he had the drop problem. And there was there was the soft argument, you know, that, that he, yeah. was, he was yeah. just a little – he was too nice of a guy, you know. He wasn't. I always liked that about him. He wasn't. He oh wasn't, yeah. In the era of the diva wide receiver, he, he never caused any problems. He never. You never heard about the guy. Yeah. He just went about his business, and you know, he instead of you look at even now, you know, he's toiling away with the Jets, continuing yeah. to work yeah. and do his thing. Yeah. Des Bryant took his ball and went home and whines about it on Twitter all the time. Yeah. Like just a different guy that I think got really really overlooked uh not overlooked but taken for granted while he was here Absolutely. at the height of his powers yeah. by Broncos fans who just assumed yeah. that 1400 yard receivers fell on fell off trees cuz they've right. more or less always had one right. right yeah and one of the great all-time speed size freaks 
in Denver sports. And, I mean, Period. one of the only things Josh McDaniels did well. Here, here. <laughs> we move on to number three. There was a consensus. This was Nathan McKinnon. I think, if for nothing else, timing comes into play somewhat. Mm-hmm. And the fact he was the first overall pick. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know. a couple of things here with, with McKinnon. Um, Abs fans very familiar with this, but took him a while. Was the first overall pick, came into the league as an 18-year-old, had a 60-point season. Right. Um, won the Calder Trophy. Looked like he was on his way to superstar, absolute superstardom. Did things in the, you know, had a, had 10 points in seven games as a, as a teenager in his first playoff run. Put himself in the conversation with Gretzky and Lemieux uh, and Solani, like like young guys who had unbelievable playoff debuts. Uh, won the Calder, looked like he was going to be the man. Had a 30-point second season, was hurt, battled injuries, ineffectiveness, which continued. Right. Was a 50-point guy. Right. You know, through 16, 17, 50 points. Through the first 10 games of 17-18, five points in the first 10 games. Looked like that's just who he that's who Nathan McKinnon was. He was a 55-point guy who was going to get you 20 goals and 30-some-odd assists, was going to skate really fast, and was just going to be a guy that you always thought, man, there could have been more there. And then the Avs got blown out 7-0 in Vegas in the 10th game on Nevada Day in 2017. They came home the very next day to play the Chicago Blackhawks on a Saturday night at home. And nothing has been the same since. Gabe Landeskog got put on that line. They blew out the Blackhawks. And back then, that was a big deal. Um, Blew out the Blackhawks, which kicked off a trend of them doing exactly that a bunch of times to Chicago. I was there on Saturday. Nathan Nathan (laughs) McKinnon uh, blew up. That line blew up. Nothing has been the same for the Avs since. He became a true bona fide superstar. He's in the second place in the heart uh, trophy race that year yep. lost it to taylor hall because five east coast writers didn't put him on their mvp ballots at all and that was the difference in the voting shameful um which all five of those guys should have lost their votes mm-hmm. and um you know nathan mckinnon is a top five nhl player today yeah uh is back in the heart trophy conversation just finished a month in which he scored 25 points. Ridiculous. Is fourth in the NHL in scoring despite having... Feels with, like he's still scratching the surface. And, and he yeah. did that without Miko and Landy for exactly. most of it. Right. Like, it without, all, without them for the entire month right. of November. Didn't have him for the entire month. Right. 25 points without those guys. Crazy. Ro- rotating in Andre Burakovsky and Matt Calvert and Matt Nieto and Jonas Donskoy. So how Nobody many- had ever had more than a 40-point season. None of us, not a single line mate in all of November ever had a 40-point season, and not a regular line mate because, you know, they threw Kadri in there. He's had twice, three but, years as, like, an elite MVP candidate? This would be his third year. Okay, this so we're in this decade he's had two and a half years like that. Yeah. So that's really where he edges out our top two. Exactly. And, and draft value and, because first overall well, pick. And the big, thing, the big thing was just, you know, multiple all-star appearances, but the NHL requiring somebody to go. That's where he got his first all-star appearance was the abs had to send somebody. Right, right. He even God, went to that I all-star that. game and was like, I don't belong here. And good, personally, good I think him. I think that did a lot for his psyche because I think he saw skill-wise he belonged there. Yeah. But production-wise, he wasn't there. And I think that it 
churned something in him. Absolutely. Uh, and he's taken over. And I think that there's a good chance that he's number if, – if we do this list 10 years from now, he'd be number one on this list yeah. because I think where they're headed, I think they're headed for multiple Stanley Cup contention seasons, probably a Stanley Cup final at some point. That's and he's the number one center, and I think that he's headed – you're talking about a guy on a Hall of Fame track. He's very much – Headed for the Hall of Fame right now. Absolutely. Like like like, like a Nolan Arenado, very much like in the heart of that career. Not the yeah. first two or three years where you're doing a lot of projecting. Like very much in the middle of that career. Right. Totally. And then we get down to our top two. Pretty obvious. Von Miller or Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Now, Von Miller this decade, clearly the better player, clearly accomplished more important things with a Super Bowl MVP, what he's meant. You know, we talk about, oh, well, if Tebow isn't there, then maybe Manning never comes. Now, if Von isn't the stud rookie that turns that defense into an all-world defense his rookie season, not even playing as a pure pass rusher, as a strong side linebacker, none of this decade ever happens. But you get into draft value. And you get into the fact that Von Miller was drafted second overall in one of the greatest NFL drafts of all time. Guys drafted behind him are guys like Patrick Peterson, J.J. Watt, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, AJ Green, Alden Smith, Tyron Smith. I mean, some of the best players at their positions throughout the decade. I mean, Tyron Smith could be a Hall of Fame left tackle. When this Absolutely. J.J. Watt will probably be in the Hall Absolutely. of Fame. Patrick Peterson, same thing. Yeah. Julio, definitely. A.J. maybe on the fence. Now, it, we should say it wasn't such a clear-cut pick coming in because all the Mac drafters had the Broncos taking their biggest need at the time, defensive tackle, a guy yeah. either Marcel Darius or Nick Fairley. Had they drafted that, it would have been a monumental failure. We don't have any of the decade of Denver sports that we just had. Do true. Yeah. But Jokic was drafted 41st overall. Jokic <laughs> was drafted while a Taco Bell commercial played. Yes. That in the NBA draft, second rounders they're just they're throwaways basically. Well, and and the draft and stash method of drafting mm-hmm. international players is it's exactly what they did. And we see them they do it all the time. Right. And you know? Jokic for a team that's so underrepresented, MVP candidate last year. Yep. First time a Nuggets player was selected first team All-NBA since way back when with David Thompson. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And there's the other part, too, where one great basketball player just has far more impact on the outcome Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. games. Like we, You're right that Von Miller sets off a a chain reaction. Well, and I mean Von Miller on his own. Hall of Fame career, Hall of Fame accomplishments – Won the prize of all prizes yeah. in the Super Bowl, uh, and then was the MVP of that game with two and a half sacks, Ram. forced fumble, like mm-hmm. wrecked their game plan. Mike Remmers still wakes up in a cold sweat thinking about Von Miller, yep. right? Like ruined that man. Yes, and, so and as, as much as you can on he the took biggest, over, man. on the absolute biggest stage. It does not get bigger than a Super mm-hmm. Bowl in which your team can't score, right. and you you are directly responsible for. Yep. Both of the touchdowns. Yep. And talk about as advertised. This is a guy, second overall pick, came out just guns a-blazing from his rookie year, and nothing's changed since then. I mean, nothing's changed. He's still a yeah. stud. Continuity has been great aside from that half-season suspension and, you know, just missed his first game in a long, long while this past Sunday. 
I really don't think there's a wrong answer. I think when we get into draft value. That's the thing. We're talking about best draft pick. You're talking about a second overall right. guy in the NFL. And the right. NFL is, in my opinion, the easiest league to draft in because it's the most translatable. These guys well, leave the leave college in which they have been forced mm-hmm. to play college football for three seasons. Yeah, right. Well, it's or drafting. Or I should say be three years removed from their high school right. graduations. And so you're not talking about kids. You're not talking right. about physically immature right. guys. You're talking about grown men going into a grown men league no. and playing and translating immediately. Scouting and the, and 21 the second year overall yeah. pick. The second overall pick, you have to get right. You just have to. Yeah. And full marks to the Broncos. They got it right. They aced that test. They nailed it 100%. No looking back. Greatest pick in Broncos history. Oh, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Because Elway and Manning, of course, acquired via trade. So. Yeah, and it easily, easily the greatest pick in Broncos history and did everything that you want from them. But, again, when we get into the reality of this is a draft conversation. Right. Because, right. again, who's, McKinnon who's Jokic would be more yeah. of a conversation. But, again, McKinnon first overall. McKinnon first Vaughn overall. second overall. And first Jokic overall in a league, first. even in the NHL, where guys take time to develop. Every single first overall pick that's been a forward has made the immediate leap to the NHL since 1988. Crazy. So, yeah, I don't know. Is there a flip side to that argument where we say, you know, hey, they didn't really know that Jokic was if – they, if they'd known, they would have taken him with one of their higher picks, oh, right? So, I mean, you get oh. lucky. Right. I mean, so some of it's it, luck, right? There's an element right. of like, – yeah, sure. I mean, he was a draft and stash. He didn't even play in the NBA as rookie, his right. technically rookie year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, on, no, on mean, some level, you, you know, lucky. they, they you got get lucky. lucky, but yeah. you when when you that's get, the draft for you. Though, when you baby. get a and and the NBA draft just should be noted like outside of the top like five. It, it's, you have no idea. What you're right. right. The bottom of the lottery is like, eh, well, it right. might turn into something, might turn into nothing. Like you take a Michael and Porter Jr. at fourteen because with all the sports yeah, right. we have, just look right, at him. Why not? <laughs> right. Where when was Story drafted? Forty fifth. So, Story's the lowest pick on our top ten. Jokic is the second lowest. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but even then, like, that's con- that's still considered high enough in baseball. You know, oh, right. Of course. Made, right. He still, had, he still had a million-dollar signing bonus. Sure. And, of course. Right. You know, it was considered a first-round yeah, pick yeah. and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, right. like, with Jokic. Had to play like, four years in the minor. Now, Trevor Story was taken straight out of high school, to go back to your point about how difficult it is right. to oh, find yeah. these guys. He was super raw and had some rough years in the minors, and the Rockies stuck with well, him. Well, the, so the opposite of side of Trevor Story conversation is Forrest Wall. Exactly. Also drafted straight out of high school. Oh, Forrest. And was drafted right in that same that same range as right. a middle infielder. And Yeah. Okay. Right. Good right. luck. Right. And... But with Jokic, like I think, to get a superstar from from the second round from and, nothing, and like yeah. you're talking, you can name like basketball junkies can name all the second round superstars that have been drafted in the last 15 years because right. there's like four of them. Yeah, right. it's like Jokic and Draymond Green, Draymond Green and right. Gilbert right. Arenas. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, sure. in baseball, you can be like a 150th round pick and become a Hall of Famer. Mike Piazza literally did that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I Crazy. think he was the, in the 50th round. Yeah. And like Albert Pujols, like, right. Right. Coming right. out of nowhere. You right. know, like, it's, it's one of those those nuances of the sport, but like, 
the second round in the NBA just does just, not. Yeah, like oh. you, you try to get Monte Morris out of it. Yeah, I mean, and, it, and then you end up with Nikola Jokic to land a like, franchise oh shifting superstar. If, if you made this list for just the NBA this decade, Jokic should be in the top three because of that kind of draft. Right. So I think be, with no real skin in the game, we love this top three. I think we've come to a consensus. Jokic would be one, Vaughn two. Mac three, yeah, I think so. But boy, what great picks those all are. Well, and, and it's the Vaughn is just, I just can't stress enough. Like, I know what you actually accomplish is so big because like, also they won the championship, man. They they won the thing. They that did the thing. The the Nuggets have never done. Never yes. even been in the NBA finals. Yeah, never still. even sniffed a final. Uh, right, he played in two. How great is it though that these top two? I think are both perfect. Like one. Denver personality guys oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah right but like in completely opposite ways i feel like both Jokic and von miller have really taken to the city of denver and adopted it as their own but in completely different yes, ways and they're both time. so much fun yeah. for denver people to specifically root for colorado people to specifically root for they feel very much like our own but in a uniquely colorado way absolutely which i think is important more important for Jokic because there have been a lot of Broncos who loved it here. It's easy right. to love life as a Bronco right. in this town because you're the big cheese all the mm-hmm. time, right? The NBA is the exact opposite. Right. NBA players don't like Denver. Right. Yep. NBA players don't want to come to Denver. They don't want to sign here. They don't want to get traded here. They don't want to get drafted here. They don't like coming to Denver. It's right. not a thing they enjoy. And Jokic is just like, whatever. They sell coke in Denver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the the legal kind. Yes. Yes, Coca-Cola. <laughs> just felt I'd throw that out there. Yeah. Um, For anybody that yeah. <laughs> thought I was casually making light of a, yeah. a drug problem nobody knows about. Um, that'll do it with this pod. I love that. Stay tuned for more in this series of uh, our different side lists from our top 50 of the 10s. Thank you for doing this, guys. We're going to jump into a worst here soon, so stay tuned for that. And uh, we'll catch you on the other side.